0: I am fortunate enough that I have been able to return to El Salvador. I haven't done it very often in the 40 years that I have been uh, in the U.S. because it's been very hard to overcome the images that I have imprinted in my head of when I was last there, living there. But I have gone back. Um, When my grandmother was very ill and on her deathbed, I've gone back to visit my dad who lives there so this one's titled, Sometimes You Are Permitted Every Turn. Chalice of sunshine, my childhood home, adobe walls for the imagination, roof of memory by way of longing. When after 30 years I returned to it, I stared past guilt and sadness at the armature, the structure upon which I am built. There, on the tile floor, rubble of a long ago broken cup, and along the veranda, echoes of old laughter, scent of fig and bitter orange still hanging midair like suspended confetti from a happily broken piñata. My abuela's superstitions and remedies, sleeping in the old kitchen, stacked wood, ready for the next fire, The things of this house I did not know I needed to find my way out of the labyrinth of exile. Had I known of bitter and cold, I would have stashed ash and flour into my pockets, but we did not know then how to read the palms of our hands. We knew only what we didn't want, which was death.
1: So this is Tony Diaz, the Libro Graficante, live in Austin, Texas, at the site of La Peña Cultural Center. We are so proud to have the Austin Underground Library housed right here. Here's why that's so important. When you hear about Austin, you don't hear enough about Latinos, you don't hear enough about our writers, our culture, you hear more about the gentrification. This is a site that is holding it down for our community. So on any given day, you can walk by, You'll see the the yellow wall outside. You'll see the sign boasting tacos and art. And you might come in. You're going to be exposed to some fantastic visual arts, including some of the art behind me right now. This is The Keeper by Cecilia Puleme and other art as well. Today, we have got a fantastic reading with two awesome Latina writers coming in all the way from Seattle, Seattle Poet Laureate, Claudia Castro Luna with her book, Cipota Under the Moon. We just had a great reading in Austin, Texas. She'll be joining us in San Antonio tomorrow at the Latino bookstore. So folks need to know that there is a Latino bookstore in the state of Texas. We suspect it's the only one. You know, uh, we want to show love to all the different groups trying to hold it down for books, Casa Ramirez, uh, you know, Red some press books, they all are part of the familia, but if we're going to talk about a building that you can walk into any day of the week and buy books by our Cultura, for our Cultura, it appears to be only one Latino bookstore, that's in San Antonio at the Guadalupe Cultural Arts Center, I hope I'm wrong, so I say this to coax other cities to support a Latino bookstore, or to let us know if tucked away somewhere where... Us book folks have not been able to find is another Latino bookstore. So we can be two of us. Uh, but they are providing the books for this barnstorming tour of the Libre We'll also be joined today in a little bit by Leticia Orieta and Las Criaturas, which is her book from Flower Song Press. She's from Austin, Texas. Actually, we should applaud her because she's in the <laughs> We're not read yet. All pre applause. That's yes. yeah, the bonus <laughs> Her publisher, Flower Song Press, is based in uh, here in Texas, in the Rio Grande Valley. So it's great that we have all these connections. And all these sites are going to book deserts. Our community is ensconced in book deserts. What that means is, if we allow corporate publishers, corporate booksellers to dictate where books go. They don't come here. They don't come to our neighborhoods. In three major Texas cities, even more, but we've just visited three. Houston, Texas, we're engulfed in with Central American Familias. There are no bookstores around there. We brought the books with us. We brought the poet with us. Here in Austin, Texas, I am so proud of La Peña Cultural Center because we're about a field goal away from the Capitol. And this has got to be a presence for our community. And then tomorrow at the Latino Bookstore, at the Guadalupe Cultural Life Center, if they don't form that bookstore, we don't hear about that work and culture. Of course, we want to share the love, so we're also going to hear from the owners of this wonderful space in a little bit. Uh, we have the founders of Chicano Psychology Institute with us, tambien. They'll be sharing some of their knowledge with us. Shouts out to them here in Austin, Texas. We have some Latina icons who are joining us, so we're happy to acknowledge some of the Latina icons. Uh, including Bambi Cárdenas will be joining us shortly and Dr. Ángela Valenzuela is on the way as well and also Nora Comstock, founder of Las Comadres as well. So I am Tony Diaz de Libre and this is actually a multi-platform broadcast so it is on social media right now. It's airing on Fox26Houston.com. The audio will be uploaded to our radio show on 90.1 FM KPFT and then of course we also have in-person events like this all the time. When you watch, I'd like you to see how the Houston event is different than the Austin event, is different than the San Antonio event because each city has its own different different pieces. But please hit us up for more information. I do want to start with one of our allies in this cause, Jolt. And Jolt has been holding it down for young Latino voters for several years. They started with this cool quinceañeras (laughs) organizing tactic for our community to get involved. They're here now because this is about civic engagement. And I do, I do wanna say a couple things. I'm gonna bring the fire and brimstone now. I'm not gonna do a moment of silence for the poor fallen children of Uvalde because we need to speak up. I'm mad as hell, so I'm not gonna quiet down. I'm gonna speak up more. We need our gente to raise their voices. We need to be heard. We're about a half a mile from the Capitol building we are light years away from policies to protect our students and schools, to edify our schools, support our families. And I will say this: Liberataficans are going to tell you we are fighting with elected officials who will more quickly ban books than they will ban assault rifles. I will also not give a moment of silence for the fifty-plus people who died in the back of a truck bed because we need to speak up for them. We fight cliches. The cliche of open borders is a a terrible stereotype. If you use that cliche, using discriminatory language to oppress a community, and here's what happens. Folks in the back of that truck were gonna get hired by Texas families. They were gonna be household workers, helping the elderly, helping the poor, There's rhetoric that talks about drug cartels. There were no drug cartel members sneaking to this country in the back of a truck bed. They were coming here for jobs that business people need filled. That must stop. That sort of rhetoric is against us and we're here to free language. So I want to say this, poetry is important because we're here to liberate language, not constrict. Now, someone from JOLT is going to talk about their mission, so uh, if you want to come up, please welcome the director
2: of the Buenos dias, everyone. Hi, I'm the new comms director at JOLT Initiative, and we're so excited to join you here today. Um, JOLT Initiative is a Texas-based nonprofit that empowers Latino youth through civic engagement to use not only their voice, but their vote to transform Texas and make it more equitable and fair for all Tejanos, not just the rich and powerful. We are known for having one of a kind, um, culturally relevant programming like Arriba Las Mujeres, which is coming up in July. Please see me after if you're interested in learning more about that amazing opportunity for Latina women to ensure that they have the leadership development and skills to negotiate for better salaries um, and to rise to the top and become not bosses but leaders at their companies and within their communities, because we all know we need less bosses and more leaders, right? Um, I do want to add that I, on a personal note, that I am the daughter of Salvadoran immigrants, and very rarely do I see on um, book title. So that just, oh my god, <laughs> that makes me so excited! Thank you. That's the representation that. The little girl be needed, and I'm so glad that future generations have that. Um, Joel is so proud and privileged to join all of you here today. The main reason we are here is to register voters for the upcoming election if we want to transform Texas. That starts with registration, not just registering ourselves, but making sure our friends, our, our community, our, our neighbors, our familia, even those tios and tías who are a little bit skeptical about government, you know, let's get them to the polls. That's how we transform Texas. Um, So after this event, please feel free to speak to Claudia, our amazing volunteer who can help you register to vote if you haven't already. Um, And I think that's all. We'll be available after if you have questions. Thank you.
1: Thank you very much uh, and then Cynthia's running away from the camera because you like the <laughs> Like, light light. I mean, I'm going to try and get her to, to come up here and talk in a little bit. I do want to mention some of the other partners. I want to thank the BIPOC Arts Network Fund for helping us to get out here. We also want to thank the Latino bookstores we mentioned before. want to thank uh, all of our uh, Austin allies. We really appreciate all their work. Uh, the Austin Batcave, uh, the Chicano Psychology Institute. Um, there's a lot of groups we're going to thank throughout the day, including La Peña Cultural Center. They are letting us come here for free, they're donating their time and energy, they're letting us sell the books from another business here because the the Latino bookstore is based in San Antonio, but they want to fuel uh, book sales in every single city, so please support both of these institutions and then also what's the palabra Latino writers having their say. But I do want to bring up one of our partners right now to talk about some of their work, if uh, Jessica Manuel can come up. They are the founders and directors of the Chicano Psychology Institute based here, and they've got a lot of wisdom to share, so thank you for joining us. Wonderful to see you both.
3: Thank you for all your faces and your hearts, Ishli and Yolizi together. Thank you for bringing your energy together to uplift this voice um, with this book opening. I'm gonna hold it while we talk. Cipota Under the Moon, Claudia Castro Luna. Thank you for uplifting this voice and uplifting all of our voices. A natural consequence of writing, of art, of creating in any way, is that it is in direct opposition to the violence of erasure. The violence of not having our voices being heard, not having our stories being heard. The violence of the politics coming down on us because we don't have our voices uplifted. Because we don't trust our own voices, because we've been taught to not trust our own voices, because we've been taught that no, we need to be quiet, it's better to be polite while well, we're being trampled on. And we I I honor you, Tony, for, for saying what you said about not having a moment of silence for the children and for the people in that truck, for all the people who come here and have their to have a better life. And that's been happening historically. Ancestrally, we've been migratory people on our continent before there were these imaginary borders forever, right? So now to have these violences continuing to happen contemporarily in this um, coloniality that we exist in right now, it is uh, it is unbearable, It's and we need to put a stop to it. So um, so that's why we honor our identity. That's why we honor our voices. That's why we honor our hearts. That's why we honor the Reboso, right, that weaves together Each voice, each thread, each person makes this strong fabric that makes an abrazo, right? We need to come together. We need to support each other. We need to stand together. And so um, that's just one of the small things that the Reboso means for our people.
4: I think that's a a wonderful example of some of the work that we do together with the Institute of Chicano Psychology is bringing not only the research that many Psychologists have done over the years that we're not aware of, but also the wisdom of our indigenous ways and knowledge. Because when we bring that together, which we try to do, then we represent all of our healing ways, and um, and that's part of the work that we do. You mentioned identity, and one of the things that we believe is that identity is the foundation of well-being. Knowing who you are, having yourself represented is a foundation of of wellness, it's a foundation of knowing how to move forward in your life. And so what we try to do in the work that we do together is integrate so much of what our people have accomplished, um, despite so many odds, And, and the shirt you're wearing is Oh, it's right. fantastic, it's actually your quote, it's Jessica Tellson's quote that we put, which is, our wellness is a form of resistance the fact of even just being well, mm-hmm. and so um, and we have
3: cultural wounds and we have cultural strengths, right? right.
4: To meet cultural those wounds means, and yeah. cultural strengths.
3: They planted us they buried us and they didn't know we were seeds. They bury us now and they don't know that we're seeds.
4: Right and I think that's what these gatherings remind us of, which mm-hmm. is that we are a community that we have a lot to say um, and we don't get a chance to say enough of, you know, what our lived experiences are, Um, what the lived experiences are of our communities, right? And, and, And the work of this author here, I think I love it because, you know, not everyone, as they say, not everyone who wanders is lost. Some of us are the original inhabitants of this land, migrating on our own lands, right? Um, and, and so, and so that's, um, that's what we need to do is remember that we are rooted in the places that, that we wander because all of this is part of who we are. All of these lands are part of who we are. Mm-hmm. And um, as Dr. Martha Bernal, Said she was the first Chicana psychologist. Our ethnic identity and pride determine the degree to which we want to serve our people. And it wasn't just something she said, it was something bared out in her research um, with our community over decades. And so our ethnic and cultural identity is crucial. It's not just a feel-good thing. Our literature is crucial. It's not just a nice thing to have. It, uh, it roots us in who we are. It roots us in all the things that we would like to do and accomplish in our lives. And so um, so we're just happy to be here. Thank you, Tony, for inviting us. Um, my name is Manuel Samarita. I'm Jessica
3: Tazotiani Samarita.
4: If you want you know, any more information about the work we do, you can just look us up, razapsychology.org. Mm-hmm. Thank, oh, so Thank you. Thank you.
1: No, thank you both for all the work that you do. I do want to point out that they've uh, been guest speakers at my college, so I encourage you to bring them on your campus, your community centers, just to share that wisdom. And it really is wonderful to to hear those approaches and kind of it proves we're not yeah it proves that what I'm suspect is going on is going on, and you help me you help me channel that energy from rage to action and and and, and community building. So thank you, thank you both. Uh, Speaking of building community, we also want to talk to Adriana Pacheco, who is the director of uh, Hablemos Escritoras. And if it's a corporate world, we wouldn't be talking to her because she sells books too. (laughs) Instead, we're building community. She carries, and I want to say the name several times, she carries Las Criaturas by Leticia Uriata, who's with us. And also she carry Sipota under the moon by Claudia Castro Luna, who's been traveling with us Texas City to Texas City, but we're not in competition. This is everybody wins. The more books we get out there, the more we create people who consume books and create books. So if you kinda uh, join us for a couple of words before Sita thank you. Thank you for
0: joining us. Wow, this nice. <laughs> so
5: this is a surprise. Thank you. Thank you for, for doing this. So today, I am very, very happy. Uh, this is my first time in uh, La Peña, and I am very happy because Claudia Luna is my birthday present. <laughs> so thank you, Claudia, for coming. Thank you, Libro Cafe Traficante, yeah, for having Claudia here. This is an amazing community. Uh, we have been working for many years. We have the, the largest encyclopedia for uh, women writers uh, speaking in, in, in Spanish, from all Spanish-speaking uh, for Spanish, Hispanic, Latino, Latinx, female writers writing in the United States in English and Spanish. So we built this enormous encyclopedia through a podcast. So twice a week, you can listen to the voices of the most important writers A beautiful community. You can listen to Claudia. And it was a surprise that Leticia is here because we have also this bookstore and we, we... Represent also flowers on press, Yeah, with another 60, uh, 59 uh, uh, publishing houses from from several countries, whole Latin America and Spain. And um, now the surprise that you are also here. And when I met Claudia in Seattle, yeah, traveling to Seattle, trying in a traveling in a tour around the United States, uh, and I interviewed her, I cried and i have been doing this job for many years for many years we have more than 350 episodes you can imagine how many interviews i do so with too many people many many people all kind of writers but i barely cry it's not common on me so uh, and you remember that claudia my voice was shaking uh, the work that she has done helping women Thinking and talking and writing about those women that have been killed and were killed in at the border of Mexico, which is a big shame for us. And I agree what happened in, in, in uh, San Antonio is another shame. And I am happy that at least through literature. So we have those names. Uh, Claudia has done an amazing uh, book, uh, Killing Marias. You have to read that one too. And now with Zipota under the moon is like uh, celebrating el, Los, los eh, Salvadoreños. So celebrating culture and celebrating something that is very, very important just to close this, that we have to work together. First generation of migrants, second generation, th- third generation. Language cannot be a stop. So can can language cannot be an obstacle between. Getting together all these beautiful people in this large country. You can listen in my in my English that I just arrived. I don't know 15 years ago to this beautiful city and this beautiful country to, to to study here at the IUT, the University of Texas at Austin, my 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 house too. But that doesn't that doesn't matter. It's just communicating. and trying to use English and Spanish. So thank you very much. This was a surprise, and
1: thank you. Thank you, really. Yeah. Thank you so much for all the, all the work that you do. Uh, and we're deputizing all of you. You are now all Libro <laughs> and, and we want to make it as easy for you as possible to get books in the community. So uh, we mentioned your podcasts. People can buy books through your websites as well. Um, We also have the Latino Bookstore in San Antonio. We also have La Pena Cultural Center. There's actually some books on that wall. The underground library is right here. What does that mean? You tell us. So the books are here for folks to to use, to borrow, to share, for students to come in. And then of course, you've got two amazing writers in person with you right now. So are you ready for some Live Lit? All right, all right. Ladies and gentlemen, she is a do-gooder who, by day, thrills youth and community members to the autumn back She does wonderful classes. She is donating her time and energy for free. We hope we will make her a part of your family library. The publishing house Flower Song Press is here in the Rio Grande Valley. Please welcome, reading from Las Criaturas, Leticia Urieta. Woo!
6: It. and I also want to shout out all the community members that are here. Thank you, Tony. Thank you, La Pena. Um, thank you, Red Salmon Arts and Resistencia Bookstore as well, who is a humongous supporter of our work. Um, we got some of the books from Austin Back Cave uh, for our mobile library, which is a bus that I actually drive around to some of the rural areas around Austin, including Del Valley. So, you know, uh, books are literally getting into kids' hands because of this movement. So I just want um, I'm going to read, because we were talking about the violence that's affecting our communities now and have been affecting our communities, um, I'm going to read a story um, that is uh, kind of speaking to the title of my book, uh, Las Criaturas, which you know technically translates as the creatures, but can also refer to children, can also refer to Um, You know, kind of the the unknown, the monstrous, um, which is a little bit of what the themes are uh, in this book. This is called Offering to the Sky. In the morning, we tied you, our baby, to balloons and watched you float up and away from us into the gray sky, floating straight to heaven. We packed you in hampers and baskets, tied balloons to chairs for your older ones and strapped you in with severed car seat belts and twine, letting our collective hope lift you away from this place. Attached to your clothes were notes in as many languages as we could think of, pleading for safe passage for our little ones. We even made sure to give you white balloons, white for clouds, white for peace, white for disappear. In the dark before dawn, we kissed our sleeping, crying babies. We brought you to the roof to cast you all away. All around us, other mothers and fathers, grandmothers and uncles wiped their eyes clean and tied the balloon strings tight. Who knew who sent their little one up first? No one wanted to be the first or the last. Some balloons weren't fastened right. The children never made it off the ground. They got stuck in trees, and we were all afraid to hear the morning ripped open by your screams. Finally, we saw our neighbor's children ride the wind into the clouds and knew it would work. There, on our cracked roof, we pressed our lips to your fuzzy forehead. You were warm, tucked so carefully into your basket with blankets all around you. You didn't know yet what goodbye meant. We never taught you that. Your father lifted the basket on his shoulders while I arranged the balloon strings. With one great heave, you, our son, were up and away. You would not hear our voices again or recognize our faces on the news. How many pieces I'm allowed to read? So. Just to a hundred. hundred now. <laughs> That's far too many. <laughs> um, okay, I'll read. So, a lot of the work in this book uh, is kind of exploring how the effects of displacement, violence, trauma. Um, can change the body, can um, change our sense of self, um, and also is kind of exploring the monstrous feminine, I guess, or um, monstrous uh, ways that femme people throughout history have kind of been called monstrous in some way. Um, And so this one is called, uh, Sick Woman Travels to Distant Lands. You peel back the curtain. A swath of sunlight rides into the room and you remember what it was to step into the warmth of the sun without cringing, without fear of the flare across your eyes, and then the pain. You've been in bed for two days. There's the hunger that rumbles through the body, the need to feed yourself. But then the churning inside your stomach starts and makes your body want to get rid of everything and become a blank slate. The world darkened when the virus spread. When you look outside, there are fewer kids playing in the street. People in masks rush by to get into their homes like they're re-entering a clean zone. Their home's the safest places to be. You've been calling. Home is a sanctuary when the body is not. But even then, it can become an island. Impossible to swim away from when your pain is a contagion people don't want to see. On the night you come to me, it snows for the first time after a hundred years. A portal opens. We meet on the snowy field at midnight, the winter moon full, casting light across the glistening whiteness. You walked here barefoot, peeling off your clothes until you arrived naked and cool in the crisp air. You don't recognize me at first, but you will with time. First you bow in front of me on your knees, Arms bent forward and head down so your frizzy hair sweeps the snow, leaving traces. When I bow my head to you, you know that you can climb aboard my brown hard shell and lay across it like a starfish stuck to a rock. Your spine conforms to the curves of my shell. Your skin melts, becomes hot and sticky against me as we become one. All that we see are the bare tips of tree limbs and that full solstice moon watching us move slowly across the snow back towards the portal to my world. Your body has melded so seamlessly with my shell that you feel to me like a second spine, a layer of protection from the monsters of your world who would cage me or tear my shell from the rest of my body to consume me. This is why you don't scream as we cross the threshold even as your naked skin turns from translucent white to red and begins to slough off of you into crisp layers that burst like a pollen bomb. Your body is becoming something entirely different. I move slowly to take you away from yourself, back to a home where pain is a song, a story from another world. i will read one more. We're okay. <clears throat> this is a poem uh, called a cautionary tale there is a rattling in the great hollow of my belly from the creature I swallowed who keeps falling and falling inside me screaming a name I don't know the creature is running up my spine and flipping back over filling my belly with burning I know that they are choosing to scream and choosing to fall This is the only story that they know. I swallow a match and hope that the swirling chasm of my belly does not extinguish the light as I sit in the cave to eat my dinner and the creature inside me sits in the cave with me and reaches for the fallen match, a torch in their world that wouldn't recognize the carvings and the walls of my belly from the other creatures that have fallen in and can't find their way out of the story in my belly They make up stories just to calm themselves at night around their campfires with their children, to tell them the tale of being stuck in the belly of a whale of a story that cares so little for them as long as they keep feeding me. If this is the story they want to tell and it will nourish my bones and keep me dry, then I let them yell and flip inside me so long as they know that without my body forged, word by word, they would be nothing. who came first? the light or the dark? Did the dark creep in before the light decided it needed to shine? And would there be a dark without a light or a light without a dark? This endless spinning made the universe explode and crash together to form a singular place where creatures in my belly could feel safe that they are trapped in the spinning smoke of a storm.
1: Thank you so much, Leticia, for sharing your work. It, it is brilliant. I love the way you do play with the languages in the title because it, it does have so much... Po- it means so much in Espanol, because criaturas, criaturas. it means so much different in English. And even in that last poem, the way you played with that image and, and the significance, especially right now at this moment, really pops. So thank you for sharing that and, and being so generous with your brilliance. Uh, and I do want to remind you, please support her by... You don't have to buy the book from us right now. Um, you know, you don't have to buy the book tomorrow, but at some point, maybe online, supporting this writer and other writers, telling other folks about it, and sending a message to publishers that we care about this literature and that they should keep promoting it. So thank you again. And uh, now it really does give me great pleasure to introduce someone that I've had a, a wonderful time reading her book. First, it's cool to read a book. We, we like books, right? It's fun to read it. Um, I got to hear her read last night, and that was potent, you know. I got to shoot the breeze with her for three hours as we drove from Houston. (laughs) It was like a a fun interview. Uh, And what I love is this is the type of writing that every time you hear it, it's going to gain a a different nuance. And I do want to say one thing about our Salvadoran American brothers and sisters. As a Chicano, I didn't know what they were going through. When I went to Houston, I worked with an organization called Crescent. And they were basically interviewing families from Guatemala and El Salvador seeking political asylum for a war that our country refused to recognize that we now know they played a role in cultivating. And as a Chicano, I went to get my Master of Finance and Creative Writing, you know, They try and keep us in the ivory tower, So I'm like, I think I'm gonna see what's outside the ivory tower. And I got to help translate some of those stories. I'll say this. um, I thought there'd be more Chicanos supporting them. There were not enough then. Their struggle is our struggle. It's a universal struggle. And I will add this too. For Libra Tafikantas, when Mexican American Studies was banned in 2012, we were very vocal about fighting for Chicano studies and Mexican studies because we were being attacked. As you indicated, we don't exclude anyone. Our basic philosophy is inclusive to begin with. But maybe now is the time to just say it louder. We are uniting with our brothers and sisters from Central America. We're fighting the book bands where they're coming after LGBTQ stories. Um, there's a Texas representative who wrote a list of 800 books, and a lot of those books just had Black Lives Matter in the title. And that was enough to, to gain his attention to try and ban it. We're united for all these issues, but liberated by poems like this that touch the heart, are the highest level of aesthetics, but really hit home closely. She's the poet laureate of Seattle, award-winning. She helps the community, and she's out here going Texas City to Texas City. Please welcome my hermana, is author of Cipotas Under the Moon, Claudia Castro Luna, por favor.
0: Muchas gracias, Tony. Yo no pudiera estar aquí sin la ayuda de Tony. I wouldn't be here without Tony's help. Uh, because he has organized this trip for me going from Houston to now here in Austin and then San Antonio. And yesterday was an incredible meeting, partly because all I've been in the United States for over 40 years. And I had always wanted to come to Houston. So yesterday was really uh, fulfilling a dream and just being in the community with a Central American um community with the Latino community in Houston was just a really amazing thing for, for many reasons, but also because here we were doing a reading, sharing writing, not, not met, several of us read and, and shared our words, um, and we were doing it in a space that is not the traditional way in which books get distributed. We were doing it in a community space. We were bringing books to people rather than people coming to a bookstore. And that is a really powerful, powerful thing. So thank you, Tony, for last night. Thank you everyone for being here, for this beautiful space for La Peña Cultural Center. Thank you for having us. Um, For the BIPOC Arts Network, for the Latino Bookstore, uh, who's made the books available. Uh, For Leticia Urieta, thank you so much for sharing your work and being here. Uh, for Nuestra Palabra, Libro Traficante. Uh, for Adriana Pacheco, who's sharing her birthday today. I mean, come on. Thank you for being here. From Hablemos Escritoras, thank you. Um, and to all of you uh, for spending the afternoon, a bit of your afternoon here. Um, so what can I say? I'll start with sipota. I'll start with the title. Cipota is an iconic Salvadoran word. As you said, um, cipota means girl in um, our, it's a Nahuatl-derived word. Nobody in El Salvador says niña. So una cipota, so it's un cipote, so cipotes, right? Those are our plurals. And I really wanted the book to signal to anybody who is Salvadoran or from Salvadoran parents to know that this, here we are, presentes, estamos presentes. And that's, and that did, it did that for you. When you read it, it signals something. Here we are, we're here. Um, and we have a voice, right? Uh, so that's where the title comes from. And of course, the moon, si Pota bajo la luna, is a pun of my own name, uh, my last name. And also I'm a, I'm a huge fan of el astro, la luna. Um so I'll read a few poems, and I, I have served as uh, the Seattle Civic Poet, which is the equivalent of the laureate in Seattle, and also as the Washington State Poet Laureate. And so I've traveled a lot um, doing readings throughout Washington State and elsewhere. Um, and I always find that the Q&A at the end of readings is by far the most interesting. So I'll read some poems, and then if you have any questions, Tony, I, I hope it's okay to, to take a Definitely. few minutes to, to have a QA. and um, a So I'll read the second poem in the collection called Via Lactea. So this is titled, um, well, uh, this, is, this is the most personal of my books. Um, and it really narrates the story. It is, it, it could be read. One way of reading this book is as a anti war book. It uh, narrates my story as a, child as a 13 12 13 14 year old in the middle of the civil war so it's a book of witnessing um, with my sister who was 11 at the time and it's also I think about the children in Ukraine now and elsewhere in the world who are at this moment dealing with the same kind of war um, that I lived and of the impacts of state violence on children which are many and manyfold right so this is a book about children and the repercussions of violence. And in that sense, it is a book about, it's a book, a, an anti-war book, Via Lattea. Te dejo aquí, bajo la sombra de este mango. I leave you here in the shade of this mango tree. Como quien dice esperando un bus en una esquina o al de un río. Hablo de una vía que arrastra almas buenas y malas y cosas chulas y rotas. Imagine you are at a bus stop or standing on a riverbank, watching creatures and their beating hearts ambling by, counting the ways their faces flare up to both sides of the moon. Te dejo con un par de maracas para que acompañes a los muertos en su procesión y para que animes a los vivos en sus duelos. You are not alone. I am with you, here, naked, holding my baby teeth in a plastic bag, my back against the tree's rough bark, so that I may, alongside you, learn from it how to grow a spine. Ten cuidado con gatos maleantes. No te metas con doncellas traidoras listas para ofrecerte algún bocado. Fíjate que estoy aquí contigo y desnuda. Bésame, bésame mucho, como te beso yo a ti. Kiss me, kiss me deeply, like the earth embraces a tree's roots, like new lovers do when night falls. So the first uh, part of this book really narrates um, the year 1980, which in many ways was the most violent year of the the 12 official years of the Salvadoran War. Mm -hmm. It is the year in which Monsignor Romero, Archbishop of El Salvador was assassinated while officiating mass. It is the year when three American Marino nuns were assassinated on the way to the airport. It was a really horrific year. And so the opening of this book is my sister and myself navigating through this extreme Violence are every day. This is titled Hija de los Dias. My 14th birthday happened in a November lost to a brackish year. Newspaper headlines from the first 16 days of that month listed the following. On the second day, 10 bodies of unidentified young men were found ditched on the road to Apulo. Two days later, a man was gunned down and killed in his car in Northern El Salvador. The following day, another man succumbed when his furniture store was attacked. On the seventh in the city of Santa Ana, a 13-year-old boy and four adults were attacked and killed. On the 15th, a union leader died of gunshot wounds. The next day, a colonel, his wife and his children, 11 and 15, were carbonized when incendiary bombs exploded in their house. Peck days and plucked of hope. My parents did not sing my birthday. They must have felt war's vertigo, the gathering of ashes inside people and things. These days, I pull weeds in my garden and just as soon new ones leaf back up. Is that resilience? Happy birthday, papá. Happy birthday, mama. Happy birthday, happy birthday, happy birthday to you. So I'll jump um, and skip to the middle part. Um, last night I said that when we escaped and many of us, right? I mean, the Salvadoran diaspora all over the world happens because of, of this war that would not have been what it is to this day because to me that war is happening to this day all of those people immigrating and seeking asylum are the aftermath of that war um, so that war would not would not have would not have unfolded were it not for the US involvement in El Salvador i think the war would have ended in, it would have unfolded in a different way because it really was a war of human rights. When what people wanted in El Salvador was better healthcare. They wanted better access to schooling. My parents were both teachers. They wanted some kind of distribution of land, right? Reforma Agraria, to have access to land, which was an agricultural society that needed land to produce food for self-sufficiency. So there's really when at the core of it, it was a human rights ask that the people of El Salvador were having with each other, and it spun out into what it is, what it is to this day, right? This tragic, tragic um, episode that has affected all of our lives. I, I, I am. I've been in the United States forty years. I was 14 years old when I left. My sister was 11 and there is not a day that my body doesn't suffer the consequences of the trauma that I endured in El Salvador. This is titled Chubasco. She returns to her birth country, a wife and mother wearing a skirt long enough to hide what is necessary She hopes that from somewhere, someone calls out, here, see this? Isn't this what you're searching for? She waits with an unfurled hand for the appointed afternoon chubasco. And because today's rain carries traces of yesteryear, she wonders whether she could read the water in past tense. Could she see a slant in the conditional, see in the droplets, who and how the person she now is, was. Observe who she might have become had she never left, had she never lost. Under her left breast is a window. Come closer. Notice the brambles, the wildflowers, and among them, roses. And, um, Let's see, there is a section in the book, in the middle of the book, that is titled Lotería de los Pobres y Valientes. Because I come from a town in El Salvador, and I don't know how many Saudis are in the room. I don't know, you, you know El Salvador more or less, right? So I come from a part of a town in El Salvador called Atiquizaya, which is 12 kilometers, not miles, kilometers. So It's very close to Guatemala, to the border with Guatemala. And it is famous for its game of Loteria, which gets played in public for the Virgin's uh, birthday. So La Mujer del Carmen is la patrona de Atiquisaya. And when this happens in December, there's festivities in the plaza. And one of the festivities is you get to play Loteria out in the open in the park. And they call out the, the names, you know, El Diablito, El Arbol, and there is um, always a little poem, a little a little rhyme, right? That accompanies each figure. And in the Tikisaya, they're quite spicy. And people have even recorded them. Uh, there's records, there used to be. Now I probably just, uh, you know, so you can listen online. Um, so I have a whole bunch of those uh, very small poems. And um, this one, I'll read two, one in English and one in Spanish. This one's titled La Corona. Cedros y ceibas, tamarindos y aguacates are trees, heart of sky tussling their green crowns. Dear relatives, we also must leave behind. And this one in Spanish, La Rosa. Las fronteras no existen. Pregúntale a la Virgen de Guadalupe, quien derrama bendiciones sin pedir pasan. So our Virgin de Guadalupe gives us, never ask for a passport to give you a blessing right there. We're all the same.
1: This has been a multi-platform broadcast of Nuestra Palabra, Latino writers having their say. It's on social media. You can, of course, tune in to KPFT 90.1 FM, Houston's community station. And you can also watch our content on fox26houston.com. This is Tony Diaz Libre Traficante. I want to thank Roxana Guzman, Rodrigo Bravo, and everybody who's supporting our cultura and our arte. Thank you.